the first part of my life was really designed to have and achieve and be all of the sort of traditional markers of success. So um, live in a beautiful home, have a beautiful wife, let, you know, have beautiful cars, make a lot of money, go to the right place. You know, you know the list, right? That so many people have, have strived to have and to get and still do. And um, I just remember I was, I was about 35 and I had it all. I had ticked every line item in my, you know, sort of seeking fabulous lifestyle, right? I, I ticked them all. I had the right cars, the right home, everything. And I just remember waking up one day um, full of anxiety, full of depression, terribly unhappy, not fulfilled, like none of it fed my soul. Welcome to Linda's Corner, where we bring more hope, healing, and happiness to the world. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about deconstructing and reconstructing our lives. I'm delighted to welcome Colin Kingsmill. Colin is a former Swiss banker and jet setter. He is currently an entrepreneur, founding partner at Whole Human Coaching, and the author of Fear Less, Crossing the Bridge from Fear to Bliss. You can learn more about Colin at his website, colinkingsmail.com, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Welcome, Colin. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Linda. I uh, I really appreciate it. And um, I just, I love having conversations around these topics and subjects. So yeah, thank you. I do too. And I love what I do because I get to meet awesome people like you. And today <laughs> we're going to be talking about deconstructing and reconstructing mm. our lives. And this is something that you know a lot about because you had a life that most people dream of with the, just the jet setting crowd. Would you mind telling your story and, and how I, I would love to know why you decided that this, a life that everyone wants or thinks they want mm-hmm. needed to be deconstructed and then changed into something else. Right. Um, so there's kind of two parts to the story, uh, because I think I kind of had like, uh, I, I think I had like two midlife crises. <laughs> uh, so one really early on, and then one much, uh, much later that got me to this, to this place of, of serenity and um, to, the, to my mission of deconstructing to reconstruct. Um, the, the first part of my life was really, um, was really designed to uh, have and achieve and be all of the, the, the sort of traditional, um, markers of success. So, um, live in a beautiful home, have a beautiful wife, let, you know, have beautiful cars, make a lot of money, go to the right place. You know, you know, the list, right. That, that, um, that we all, not we all, that, that so many people have, have strived to have and to get and, and still do. And um, I just remember I was I was about thirty five and I had it all. I had ticked every line item in my um, you know sort of seeking fabulous lifestyle, right? I I ticked them all. I had the right cars, the right home, everything. And I just remember waking up one day, um, full of anxiety, full of depression, terribly unhappy, not. Um, 
not fulfilled. Like none of this fed me. Didn't none of it fed my soul. Um, and uh, I mean, I had the most extraordinary life. You know, dinner at Giorgio Armani's restaurant, sitting beside Dolce and Gabbana. You know, it was crazy. Um, but totally empty for me. Um, I think I was probably uh, a pretty mean individual by then um, or angry, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, I've never really been mean, but just angry and unhappy. Um, and uh, I decided that day, it, I remember the day exactly. It was like April 6, 2001, where I said, I've got to start over. I've got to start anew. I've really got to shed all of this stuff because it's not doing anything for me. It's not doing what I thought it would do, which was make me happy and make me productive and make me creative and make me a good person to be around. You know, um, the, 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 all, you know, the, 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 the dream that we're sold. Right. And um, so I gave everything away uh, literally that, that day um, I gave all of my, designer Italian clothing to my friends who I thought would stay in Swiss banking. I drove my cars back to the garage. I quickly decided that I wanted to move back to Canada and live in a place that was just less insane, sort of closer to nature. I thought Vancouver, uh, which had been home for many years, would be a good place to start. And um, I just really started from scratch again, going, okay, what am I going to do? What is going to nourish me? How can I nourish others? How can I help others? What what is what is my purpose or my gift, right? As opposed to what's in it for me, it was much more what can I now do? And um, I started I, st- I started from scratch. I gave everything away. I I even went into bankruptcy at one point because I just I wasn't doing anything, and you know, just just it was a, it was it was it was really like a, almost like a Buddhist moment or um, a, a moment of shedding everything, right. And, and, and starting from scratch. And I got into, I'd always wanted to do, um, I I'd always loved construction as a child and architecture and design and real estate. So I got into, uh, I got into international um, destination, real estate and tourism and hospitality and loved that for the longest time, because I felt as though, uh, I was contributing. Um, it was creating something out of nothing. And I learned along the way that what really fuels me is transformation, right? So transformation of place, transformation of people, just taking something from zero to a hundred really fueled me and fueled, fueled my fuel cells. And it had nothing to do with um, money or success or cars or any of the externality that I was striving for before. And oddly enough, all that stuff came back, but as a byproduct of doing something I loved um, and, and just being, being joyful about it. And um, in the last few years, though, I started to get a little bit um, tired of sort of the management consulting side of things. And I thought I, it, I, was, I, I, I felt like I had something else to offer, something else to bring to the table. Um, and uh, that's when I pivoted again. I didn't give everything away and 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 turn into a Buddhist monk this time, but um, I did. I did decide that uh, I wanted to come home uh, to Canada 
and to uh, to work from a place of real peace and serenity and calm so that I could help others get to this place faster than me. Um, I, I realized over, over the last few years that, um, you know, coaching and helping others and serving others is really the purpose that I, that I want to bring to the table. So that's really my story of kind of a, kind of a two-step process of real train wreck <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, kind of a an awakening to, um, to a greater purpose um, in, in life. And like you said when we started, it it it, it, it I'm I'm really in a place of peace and uh, and freedom, you know. And before we began recording, that was the first thing that I mentioned to you. When I see your face, when I see the way you carry yourself, it feels mm-hmm. like peace. Like I am comfortable with who I am and I'm comfortable Mm. with where I am and, and I can feel it and I can even feel it through a zoom call, which is really, really Ah. cool. So here I just listening to your story, which is so amazing. Here we have this beautiful riches to rag story, which is not usually the way that we go or desire to go. (laughs) And yet it was just a step in the, in a step in the process. Like when you say mm-hmm. this is this two-step thing, I can just imagine a stone skipping across a pond. It's like, okay, we, we, we have a stop here and we have a stop here and we're working yeah. our way to where it is that I want to go. I also thought it was so fascinating when you said the idea of what's in it for me wasn't fulfilling me. Mm-hmm. And, and that is so counterintuitive because when the focus is on what, what's in it for me, you think that that will be filling yourself. And so the irony of just saying, now when I realize what what do I really want? What how can I serve others? How can I how can I give? What can I do? Then that in turn is what makes us feel fulfilled. And it's just it's counterintuitive. And it's so easy to see why people think, well, when I have all of the stuff, when I have these outside things, when I have my private jet, and when I can go vacation wherever I want in the world, and I can hang out with movie stars, then I will be happy. And Mm. and that doesn't necessarily bring what we want. And then again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with having the wealth and having these associations with wonderful people. But it comes from once I'm inside fulfilled, then I can handle having this wealth. I can handle whatever good things come my way and still feel joyful and fulfilled. And that's so important to recognize that we don't just skip that step. We still have to work from the inside out. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with having an awesome outside Oh, oh, absolutely. Look, I have a Mercedes convertible in the driveway and I'm not, I don't feel guilty about it. Right. <laughs> but, but it's like, it, it's, it's a, it's a shift and a pivot away from uh, about me. Right. So, so it's kind of pivoting away from that sort of inward self-centeredness, ego driven, I'm going to have do, do, do be to no. what, where's, if, if I shine my light outward, abundance or serenity or fulfillment is a byproduct of that i think so for for, for me it's a it's, it's 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 that shift of 
oh, am I going to, am I looking inward and sort of um, seeking fabulous or can I look outward and serve and have a beautiful life that is a byproduct of not the destination? I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm, whenever I'm speaking to people I, I, I'm, I'm, and trying to get this, this concept into their head is don't make all that stuff the destination, right? Make your greatness and your unlimitedness and your purpose and your power and your light and your joy and your love, make that the destination. And then what will come will come. And it's usually pretty fabulous. And, 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 but it can't be where you, I don't think it can be or should be the destination. Like that airline ticket ain't going to take you anywhere um, if it's just pointed towards you and your ego. Um, so that's really the pivot. I think that's the pivotal key for me um, that I try and get through to people. And isn't it tricky when all we have to work with are words to be able to communicate real ideas that come from deep down inside? And mm. I think sometimes we're looking at the the me and different parts of me because one is I'm trying to I'm trying to be great by achieving these things. And then you use the same word of achieving greatness when it meant something different. I think part of it is when we are comfortable with who we are and we don't feel like we have to prove anything, not to anyone else or even to ourselves. It's not, I will be great when, I will be successful when, it's, I am. I yeah. am. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. Um, but it's not easy. Um, and I don't want to make it sound easy, but, but it, it kind of goes back to this, the, what I call and others have called and call it the core wound of unworthiness, right? When there's something inside of us, some kind of trauma, small T trauma, bigger T, bigger T trauma that is telling us that we are not good enough. Right. And, and, and it can come from the simplest things like financial instability when you're a child or a divorce or moving or linguistic issues or there, there, there's many challenges in it's kind of kind of early childhood development, um, family issues. You know, there's a million of them, right? But but until we heal that core wound of unworthiness, we are going to be searching for all those external elements to tell us that we're okay, as opposed to just going right here and going, you know, settling into it's all already perfect, just as, you know, somebody designed it. Right. So um, I think that's, I think that that's kind of the, if, if, if we're talking about deconstructing to reconstruct, that's kind of where I work. Right. It's like, it's like, wh what are the stories that you are telling yourself in your head? Okay. What are they today? Um, what, what is the origin story? Where did that originate from? And so often it comes from something, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 years old that we haven't addressed. So my work in this idea of deconstruct to reconstruct is, all right, you're here today. Where do you believe you're at? What are the stories you're telling yourself repeatedly in your head all day long? Right. Where did they come from? Because I find that with the people that I'm working with, that it, it clouds your vision. 
And and so I when I speak to people about deconstructing, I'm like, let's find the stories in your head that are that are like these lenses through which you see life and make all of your decisions, right? So if we can get rid of the lenses, the the opaqueness from this story and that story and another story and another story and the compounding stories, right? Get rid of those lenses through which you are seeing life today and design a new one. Tell yourself different stories, create different stories, imagine different stories. Um, but uh, the, the, the hard part is that we're bombarded on a daily basis in society um, or modern Western society anyway, with, with um, I don't know, how do I say this politely, with a lot of fuel to keep those stories going. Right. Um, I like the way you put that. You know, whether it's social media or whether like one of the first things that I tell people is turn off the news for a while. Right. Or at least don't listen to it at 11 p.m. at night because, you know, you're going to bed with those kind of stories in your head and that kind of negativity. Let's raise your vibration. Let's raise your energy. We're just all radio stations. Right. Um, So so which frequency do you want to be on today? Because. Um, I wrote a I wrote a blog post, or maybe it was on LinkedIn ages ago. I had this idea of the Flintstone moment, you know, when you're starting a fire with a rock, right, uh, or a couple of pieces of stone, and 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 the spark goes off, right. You and I do that every morning when we wake up, right. So, what's the Flintstone moment today? Where's the decision going? Are you looking down? Are you looking up? You know, and by down and up, I mean into negativity or or up into possibilities. And it's ironic that our that our little our little screens are you know looking down, but that's another metaphor we can play with another time. But so that's really that's really where where I try and guide people and work with people and speak with people is what's the Flintstone moment? Make the decision. You know what's the, what is the decision you're going to make today about where you're at. What are the stories you're telling yourself, and um, and what's that destination that you're trying to get to? Make the destination a byproduct of being here with you in your in your powers. Is I guess that's kind of my message, my message, and my 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 mission. That's fantastic. Okay, so I'm going to go back and try and re. Uh, oh, I probably talked too much. <laughs> they, no, 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 because you covered a lot of different wonderful things. And I think that it's so interesting that when we have different experiences, because your experiences are different from mine, which are different from mm-hmm. his and different from hers. And yet we all, and I loved how you said trauma with a capital T or a little T. It, we don't have to have had a, abuse as a child to come up with this conclusion. And yet it seems so consistent that whatever those things were, the default kind of shoots and ladders sort of thing where we all end up in the same pit is, I am not good enough. There's something wrong with me. And we all go there. And then I like to, I loved how you talked about lenses because I love to use that same analogy. And for those who are familiar with The Wizard of Oz or um, uh, Wicked, where they had glasses, they had green glasses in Oz, and everybody right. saw, no matter what it actually was, what they saw was green. And so I feel like we are all wearing these glasses. And for those who aren't familiar with the actual story, like reading it, in Oz, those glasses were locked onto everyone's head. They weren't, they weren't just put on, they were locked into place. You could not take them off. 
And then when you exit the land of Oz, it goes through a process. And the process, part of it was take the key and remove the glasses. And then you go outside the door. And so Mm. when we have these glasses that are, that are just a part of us, then every single thing we see, every experience, every life event, every whatever, I see it through my colored lenses. And whatever happens, it means I am unworthy. And it strengthens that while I'm desperately trying to prove that it's not true. Because I, I don't, I don't want to be here, but I am because I feel like that's what's true. And so finding out that there's a way to unlock these glasses, this opaqueness and see things as they really are. And then we can choose a new pair of glasses. So that's lovely. And yeah. then your stone moment, you're, you're choosing a, 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 a spark, a spark and a direction. So. That is so lovely. Isn't it interesting that we all have to, we all have to go to the same place and try to figure out, align our thoughts, our beliefs with truth. And truth is uh, we are worthy. We are good. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it, 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 and another, the other element or note that I might add to what we're talking about is you, we, we almost need like a kryptonite around I don't know, I'm using all these metaphors. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I feel like, like you said earlier, right? It's hard to find words. So I use metaphors. Like we we need to, as we're deconstructing, taking off the lenses to reconstruct a new story and a new narrative and being attentive to those flintstone moments of decision making, we also need to protect ourselves because we are in a in a world that um you know, for all intents and purposes is, is, is very hard, right? Um, you know, whether it's war or financial challenges or the, the, the homelessness, I mean, we're, we are, we are really surrounded by a very, um, challenging time. And I, I also, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm speaking with people, I also like to speak a lot about sense-making, like sense-making, where we are today, because a lot of people feel um, under a lot of pressure, feel very negative, feel very sad, feel very under, you know, depressed, and so many other things. But I tell them to be gentle with themselves too, right? Because um, the world's not easy out there, and uh, and if you if you can also, as you're going through this deconstruction to reconstruction and removing the lenses, if you can also be kind and gentle to yourself because we live in a in a in a you know in a in a world with you know mega trends and demographic trends and and economic trends that are that are changing the world as we know it so i also remind people to to contextualize that their life is 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 hard because our bodies aren't biologically ready for this mess right that like like uh, Eric Weinstein and Heather Hayard wrote a book called "The Hunter Gatherers: The Hunter Gatherers Guide to the 21st Century," and it just speaks. And there's a uh, what's this? Keith Urban is it Keith Urban who also wrote this um, another great book, and I'm blanking on the title, but I'll send it to you. You know, he he puts human history in. Um, he he uses the metaphor of a thousand page book, right? And everything that we know today has happened on the last page. But the rest of humanity 
you know, is 999 pages and, and everything you and I know today is the last page. So really biologically also, this is, this is a challenge. And, and so I also tell people to be aware that evolutionary biology hasn't caught up with us, like our bodies and our minds and our eyes and our memory um, really haven't all that cha- changed all that much in a hundred years or 200 years, but our whole lives have changed. So just remember that too, and contextualize, um, contextualize living in a very, um, very hyper novel world. So, yeah. Okay. So we need to be compassionate with ourselves and admit that life can be hard and situations can be hard. So now I would love, I love action steps, Colin. I love, I I love Mm. to talk about things. I want to learn, but learning isn't enough. I need to do it. So can you give me some action steps? Let's say I'm in this place where I just realized, you know, I, I have a pair of glasses and I see things in a certain way and I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm worthless. So are there some things that I can do uh, to help me to be able to have some self-compassion and, and maybe take off these glasses and see things in a different way? Yeah. I mean, look, the, I've kind of, I, I've kind of got eight steps in my head. I'll probably say them all wrong, but the first one is to protect yourself from negativity. So put on that kryptonite suit, turn off the news, turn off social media as much as possible. Get out of the the, the negativity cycle, right? Because it's 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 delicious, right? It's like eating a box of chocolates at Christmas, right? You just can't stop. Um, so that's that's step one: is protective layer against anything negative in your life, um, uh, negative people, toxic people, get them out, gone. So the the I, second I'm step. So sorry, yeah. Can I clarify? So your kryptonite suit means I'm protecting myself from kryptonite, not that I'm wearing kryptonite, right? I'm trying to yeah. protect myself from negativity, not, not sucking it in. Yeah. Don't, don't suck it in. Don't okay. it, it's junk food. It's junk food for the mind. Right. So number um, one and is what, let's turn off some negativity. Yeah. Okay. 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 I gotcha. Step, step, step back from it. Um, number two is decide you are a radio station. Recognize that you are an energetic radio station and decide which channel you want to be on today. Right. Because the channel that you decide is means who you're going to be connecting with and who you're going to be talking to and, and, and interacting with. Right. So protection, radio station. Um, the, the third thing I would probably, what I, I would suggest is, um, explore living in authenticity and integrity. Now, what I mean by that, and there's a wonderful book by Martha Beck called The Way of Integrity. And Martha Beck is a great coach. You can find her online. You, can, you don't have to buy the book, but but what The Way of Integrity is saying is you have got to stop living for other people because in the process of saying yes all the time or not having appropriate borders or having people around you that you don't actually want to be with is diminishing your soul okay and it is it, you you are becoming powerless by not living in integrity and that means uh, you know you may have to find a new tribe of friends that means you may have to change work that means you have to you may have to move somewhere else but when you're not living in integrity, and I know this off the back of my soul, you know, having said, you know, yes, so many times and, 
okay, yeah, I'll do that project. I don't really like it anymore, but I'll do it. You're diminishing your energy and your fuel source and your life source, right? By doing that. So um, step three is really living in integrity. Uh, step four is begin to begin to begin to forget everything you've learned. And what I mean by that is everything you've learned up until now, uh, assuming you don't feel comfortable where you're at now, and this is the assumption that we're making, right? Start to look at all of the conditioning and all of the stories that you're telling yourself and your belief systems and where did they come from? So I'm saying, forget about the conditioning that is no longer serving you. Right. So that might require speaking to a trauma therapist. It might re require watching, you know, some law of attraction videos. There's lots of free tools and this doesn't have to be an expensive process. But if you, um, if you can, if you can forget about the conditioning that is no longer serving you and just focus on this conditioning that is serving you, again, you're going to live a more, uh, a more fulfilled, uh, fulfilled life. The next step I, for me is, it's really about mindfulness and uh, whether you find that in meditation or prayer or quiet time or whatever you you the the the, the idea of mindfulness and returning to that core essence of i'm okay right here right now i only have one i only have this breath that i can count on right um yeah, so getting 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 mindful about um what's going on in your head, who you're with, how you want to react with them. And um then I would also add uh design the life that you want. Okay. A lot of people, and again, it's 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 our society kind of allows for us to allows for us to create victim mentality quite easily, even though we don't know it, right? We it we don't I might not say I'm a victim but I'm playing the victim. Um, so my, my suggestion is design a life, design the life that you want. And I really mean like, get it on a vision board. Where do you want to go? What, what does it look like? Where do you want to be in five years? Um, and, and then uh, once you've designed the picture of your life, right, you can then begin to manifest it and make it happen through. Um, and the, Things like vision boarding are great, but a lot of people just put like a picture of a Ferrari on the, their fridge and and forget about it and leave it there. And they're, they'll they'll think about the Ferrari one percent of the time, and they'll think about all the negative self hatred ninety eight percent of the time, right? So design it and then build the goals. And Mel Robbins has done a really good episode a few months ago on on modern goal setting. So if you have the big picture here, right, your your toolkit of the destination where you want to go, the value system that you want to have, what is your personal brand? What do you want it to look like? And it doesn't have to be fancy. It could be, I just want to be a great mom. Like we're not talking creating, you know, flying to Mars. Um, but make sure you have a very clear picture of the destination you're going to. And I'll use the the sailing or the sailing metaphor or the boating metaphor. If you don't put in the, the exact location the 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 where you want to get to you're just going to be floating around so don't float around have a destination and know the steps along the way to get there so those are probably all my those would be all my steps yeah <laughs> oh these are wonderful so this includes part of it is 
first was just to kind of step away from the negativity and then to become more aware and to help us not be as influenced by those outside influences and to become more just empowered with who we are and what we want. And then to let go of those after we become aware of the negative stories that we have, because a lot of times we don't even know we have them. But after we become aware, then there's that choice of letting them go and instead creating something new. And all of these things are challenging. And isn't it wonderful that we don't have to do everything at once? But I also love that there is a whole, you have a whole plan outlined where it's not just one step and then you're going to leave me stranded. It's I have one step and then here's another step to follow. So we can make this this journey of a thousand miles by taking one step, that first step, and knowing that the other steps are here ready as soon as we're ready to embrace them. So that is absolutely beautiful. And I I I love having these conversations. I, it feels like you mentioned a couple of times that sort of the societal default setting is negativity and victimhood. And, uh, and we think in order to get, you know, freedom and happiness, then we have to seek for wealth and, you know, success, lots of likes on our Facebook or whatever. And there's, um, there's another way that works better, but it's not by following the default setting. We have to make some choices and then we have to change our action and our directions a little bit. We have to, like you said, we can't just float around in our boat. We have to actually steer and, you know, use our motor and and move forward. So thank you so much for everything you've shared today. This has been delightful. Is there anything you want to make sure we cover before we close today? Not really. I just, I, I, I just love having these conversations. I think, um, uh, you know, I don't have an objective. You don't have, I don't have a specific call to action. My, my marketing person says I should, you know, all that stuff, but no, I just want to. I just want to share my mission, and um, if this has been helpful to to any of your listeners, then um, you know, mission accomplished. And um, yeah, and just don't forget the daily rituals to keep it all on track, right? Because we can get caught up in our in, get caught up in the day. So um, I, the, I would add daily rituals to everything that I was mentioning. I like that. Because if we're going to take this thousand mile journey one step at a time, we have to keep taking one step. So that seems perfectly logical. Colin, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. It was great. I really, I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed our conversation, Linda. Me too. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by author May Sarton. She said, we have to dare to be ourselves, however frightening or strange that self may prove to be. Today, I invite you to dare to be yourself and rediscover your humanity and freedom. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. Please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. And if you'd like to heal your life from the inside out, there is a free video series at hopeforhealingfoundation.org. Just click on the free stuff tab. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed, A Journey Through Depression, And you got this, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner. 